And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Psst. Hey, over here. You look like a person of <clears throat> distinctive tastes. Well, you've come to the right place. Follow me through this alley. To the wrong side of the tracks. Through this sewer pipe. And around, and around the bend. The bend. To the sleazy, slimy world called the Funny, the funny Book Underbelly. underbelly. Hello and welcome to the Funny Book Underbelly number five. Sponsored by Chloroseptic. Relieve sore throat pain. Are you are you on the spray tonight? I'm afraid so. I'm Chris Honeywell and that's my co-host Johnny the Spray Bueno. It was those Jack Doritos, man. They just burned a hole in my esophagus. Oh god. <laughs> Do you try those things? No, I don't go near any of the fake like jalapeno weirdness. Oh. It's it's always too Yeah. That's why you're still skinny like, and I'm fat. I like well, no, I, I I I I went to um I went to L um I want to say LDS LDR Charbroil today, so I used you want to talk about your, four? You want to talk about your low calorie meal? I had a char charbroil bacon cheeseburger and fries there nice and the fries are just like i like them like those big fries that are cooked until you can almost see through them you know till they're crispy and just mush on the inside soaked with oil and then a little vinegar on top of that they did not have vinegar laying around there but man their charbroil burgers are good my brother right there for a little bit it was really it, 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 the we we're garage sailing and and it's the 5th of July and you know it's near Charlotte Beach so it's it's near the you know just the summer yeah, Rochester Haven for it's just detritus everywhere literally and, and figuratively so that place was bumping that place was it was filled with old people it was filled with all the locals from nearby uh-huh. and uh you know you ha- I I hadn't been in there in years and I forgot that you had to like walk up and order and then sit down and you know the whole you know, it has its own little ebb and flow, but yeah, it's not like I'm, I, I'll eat real jalapenos. I just don't like the, like when they make it into some sort of jalapeno flavored powder that they add to, I think it's just basically cayenne pepper mixed with like vinegar flavor. Uh huh. And that's what they pass off for, for, you know, that's what comes off tasting sort of like jalapeno. Or some some chemical that tastes green, <laughs> and yeah, and it always just it yeah, just like you said, it just burns yeah, down my I, throat I, I and mean, into my stomach. I've worked for a couple confectionery companies in my short career, and they always God that about, sounds filthy. <laughs> confectionery companies, and they always talk about sugar burn, like when you eat like cheap cheap confectionery, like you know what I mean. That'll like you'll get like, mm-hmm. a burn in the back of your throat. Mm-hmm. This thing was just out of control. Wow. I think there's a lot of people whose their their taste buds are so inured to that that it's just 
you know, they need, that's what they need to actually, to even taste anything, and to even experience it's anything. Endorphins, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the extreme, I need extreme flavor, dude. These Doritos are jacked! None of this <laughs> pussy flavor. Uh, Which is also obscene. I just realized. I was gonna say that 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 could have been a a good four pager for the uh, the LCD comic. (laughs) Yeah, which is great because that's what we're doing. It's funny that I ate at the LDR today and doing LCD comics. I will say this. So I mean, the one thing I love about LDR is the onion rings. The onion rings with the meat hot sauce. That's some good stuff, boy. Yeah, and that's the pl- kind of place where you get your onion rings and the- it has a big old toothpick stuck down through them to just keep them all in one place. Just a mound on a paper platter. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm-mm. Just sort of, that's sort of like uh, LCD comics, a big mound on a paper platter. <laughs> Especially the alternate cover for number two. Did you see that? I... I don't know. The the cover I have for number two it's at has back. a red-headed Britney Spears pooping in a, in a Starbucks oh, it's, cup. It's, well, on the back and in the inside back cover. <laughs> okay. The original cover is this giant turd. Oh, yeah, with a with a, with a, <laughs> a fly doing the wolf eyes at it. Yowza! And then, and then the caption, corn, nature's encore. <laughs> Yes, folks, this one... Well, that's the number two issue. Exactly. This one, This one, as far as filth, as far as potty books go, um, you know, there, there's no candy coating it. It's about we're, as filthy as you can get. We're going to be covering a lot of um, adult topics in this <laughs> podcast. I'll just tell you, we'll have a... We'll have our little intro where we'll talk about our new comics and stuff. But once we get into these LCD comics, yes, there's not a single um, page or frame or panel on this comic that we can't describe or talk about without um, talking about something at the very least kind of (laughs) disturbing to some people. And at the very worst, horribly horrifying and disgusting to all people. At least all people that, like, have some sort of, like, conscience or... <laughs> you, you, you just, when, you, when you're done reading... Sense of decency. When you're done reading one of these comics, you just... All you want to do is disinfect your entire body. Just, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe that, I don't know, maybe I'm just too far gone where I'm just like, oh, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, let's just say we've, we're kind of desensitized. Yes, well, yes, so, so warning, warning. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll warn you more when that's coming up, but, uh, um, yeah, you got any, got any new, uh, goodies? Always. In the last, uh, few weeks. There's been some goodies and, um, I, I, I got a, there, there was one baddie and I, I, uh, I'll, I'll say this, and I'll say this fast for all you Valiant fans out there. Um, ouch. Oh, the new Harbinger, I'm telling you, man. It's, I, 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 they, they got my hopes up. So far, the Exo Man of Wars that have been out there, the first couple have been decent. <clears throat> pretty good. Pretty good. Nice origin. 
Carrie Nord has done a good job. I know some people aren't a big fan of this stuff, but this Harbinger one, it's it's brutal. Which is too bad because the original comic was really good and they tried rebooting it and I don't have much hope. I I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't read too many comic reviews, but not good on that one. But as far as other new comics, at some point we gotta talk talk some more about Richard Corbin because uh final uh-huh. the final issue of Ragemore came out and it <clears throat> it definitely delivers. It was really well done. And you knew how it was going to end, and yet it was still great. So that was good. Um, the new Popeye just came out off of uh, out of IDW number three. Um, the first two have been great. Roger Langridge uh, has done all sorts of stuff over the years. Uh, probably, I'd say most famously for his Muppet stuff, he's been doing on on Boom Studio. But uh, I picked up another one of his comics. It's got to be one of his first. I haven't read it yet. From like 20 years ago called Leather Underwear. I think you got a copy of that, don't you? No, I, I, maybe you might be confusing it with Leather Nun comics because I do have some leather, a couple Leather Nun comics, yeah. but I don't think I have any Leather Underwear comics. Yeah, this was put out and it's, I had no idea. It's an early, early Fantagraphics comic from like 1990 or 91. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to the uh, comic convention. I, this I picked it out of a fifty cent bin. It was, you know, it goes for like five, six bucks on the infinites. And I was like, then I saw it was Roger Langridge, and I'm like, wow, I had no idea. So kind of like the Ed Brubaker route, you know, guys that made it to the big time. They obviously start off small. A lot of them do, anyways. So the new Popeyes out, and that's been great. Um, picked up a bunch of Archies at the convention too from the mid '60s. That was fun. Um, shoot, what else? Oh, there's a there's a new man thing out. Oh, and it's the last Steve. Ger- Is it? It's the last Steve Gerber man thing story. Oh, really? Yes, just came out yesterday. I haven't read the whole thing yet, just the intro. But essentially, what they're saying is is that Gerber wrote this story in uh, the original Man Thing series number twelve. This was back when they were like twenty-five cents, and um, it was called the screenplay screenplay of a living dead man. And then uh, he left for a while. And he went to DC, and he came back in the eighties and was talking about wanting to do a, an encore performance. And um, this is from uh, the synopsis from Ralph Macho, and. Uh, they finally got around to finishing the art for the story that he wrote. So this is like the last Gerber story. So that's kind of cool. It's got Arthur Adams' uh, front cover, beautifully done. Oh, cool! He's perfect artist for Swamp or for Swamp Thing for Man Thing. He would be good for Swamp Thing too. He would. They're going to be coming out with a, a Man Thing omnibus later on this summer. I heard. Oh, the biggest Man Thing of all. Yeah. Because giant-sized Man-Thing isn't big enough. Is not big enough, the collected giant-sized Man-Thing. Speak- well, there's, there's, been, there's yeah, been big leaps in that technology in the last 20 years. Speaking of giant-sized Man-Things, the new Dan the Unharmable by Dave Laffham. There is a giant-sized Man-Thing in that comic. And yes, in LCD fashion, it is that giant-sized type of Man-Thing. It's a, it's a different one, yeah. you got to see this thing. It's pretty funny. 
I'm still on the fence on this comic. Number three came out yesterday, and I read that, and it's good, but I I don't like the character. He's not a really likable character. It's kind of hard to get into comics when when the characters aren't really that likable. I don't know. That's maybe that's just me, but you know what I mean. Well, you know, it's I I don't mind when they take an unlikable character and get you to like them over the course of time, yeah, or something, or or make them you know shade them in more or change them till you know. But yeah, <laughs> Wolverine, he wasn't likable when he first came on the scene. I was like, no, of course not. He was a villain. I mean, this is two thousand twelve, nineteen seventy two. I mean, but. You know, I'll keep on picking it up through the first story arc, I guess, as they like to call them these days, and uh, take it from there. The art's good. Uh, guy by the name of Rafael Ortiz. The art's good. So how about you? What have you been uh, scouring these days? I got some swag. Swag? I got some swag from a listener. Oh, that's right. Finally, Scott Gardner gets all the comics sent to him, and this time, um, he does it was, that boy next door charm. This one came from Canada, even nice. So it's for fur and swag from Kelly Logue, a very Canadian little kind of Frenchy name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um. He, I even came with a little note. Just wanted to say I really enjoy all the various shows you do for the Two True Freaks. Keep up the good work. I did good work. Yes, you do. I, I'm very I good. I, I, I did want to compliment you on that uh, on the last podcast, uh, that, that Harvey Picard piece that you popped in there. That was pretty cool. Oh, from him from Letterman? Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of heated, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I, I watched that one several times. So I never saw him live. I, I used to watch Letterman a lot when I was younger, back back when he was funny in the 80s. But I never saw a Harvey P. Carr. There's a bunch of them. Oh, yeah. And they're all worth watching yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, anyway, from Kelly Logue, I got a collected... Trashman comics by Spain. Cool. And it was, I think it was like called The Adventures of Trashman or something. And he was like, hey, would you be interested in this comic? And I said, sure. And I was thinking it was just going to be, you know, a, you know, a, you know, 30, 40 page comic or something. It's a big collected volume of all the Trashman stories. So that's really cool. I've only got a few of them here and there scattered, you know, throughout my collection. Subvert Comics is his most famous. There's three of them in there, but he had a bunch of other appearances too. I think in some of the early uh, magazines and all that, the the newspaper magazines. So the Trashman or just Spain in general? Um, I think both. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but it's fun. It's that. fun. I love those. I love especially with these underground artists. As you get a lot of, when you get a collected thing like that. You know, it's over the course of 20, 30 years. So you really get to see their art develop, you know, from the beginning when they're probably like 18, 19 years old to, you know, when they're crotchety old guys. Right. And you don't have to. Re it's not like the normal output of a regular commercial artist. It's, you know, you could sit down and read it in, in a good evenings, you know, reading without knocking yourself out. 
Sure. It's kind of like um, the, the, the Bill Griffith anthology that just came out a few months ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sort of deal. Yeah, you could totally see him develop over time. He he ha- he started out like like an okay artist, but he got really good like really fast, yes, you know. Exactly. And and that was very very interesting to watch. Well, I didn't watch it happen, you know. I was a fan by the time I found out about him, he was pretty well established, but then I started getting the older stuff and going, "Oh, wow." Yeah, I, I mean, I would say I probably the same for you like Seeing Zippy to Pinhead on Saturday Night Live, people wearing them on T-shirts and stuff like that was probably mm-hmm. my first exposure to Bill Griffith. I went to um, to Canada once when I was a teenager with my mom, and we went to a used bookstore, and I got a a Zippy book there. I was like, oh, this looks interesting. It's a comic. And then I was like, holy shit, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I also loaded up on a lot of Zippy when I went to The Beguiling in Toronto. Of course you did. And I think we talked about this once before, but if you haven't done it, you know, he still does a daily strip. I get his daily strip every day. It's one of the first things I do when I get on a computer every morning. He's like clockwork, man. He's good. I forgot I forgot that that happened. I got to go back to that. I've got lots to catch up on, too. And I got to go and check out Dan O'Neill does that, too. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah, I guess he, he does, does a, a regular. He does a regular strip, but they put it up online. It's in a paper, but oh yeah, you can see it I, online. I, you can subscribe. I subscribe to the Zippy one. I gotta subscribe to the Dan O'Neill one. Just like an RSS feed type thing. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Bill's always been uh, very well, a good businessman. He knows how to sell himself, which is. Which you need to do if you want to make. <laughs> you need to do if you want to survive. If you want to survive. Yeah. I'm not going to pick up in that business. Yeah. Love his comics, and I love spending money on his comics. You know. <laughs> so anyway, Kelly Logue, thank you very much. I totally appreciate that. I always appreciate anything free that anybody sends me, that I, especially something that I can read, is always awesome. I just love finding you know, was like a Care Bear comic from the eighties. Sure. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Someone wiped their ass with. I'll read it. Well, you know, um, once we start getting into bodily you said fluids, anything it, now. if if you're gonna send me a comic with bodily fluids in it, just send me the original Kiss comic <laughs> from the seventies. That's all I ask. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the body. I want the bodily fluids to have been added at the printing press and not you know after. By a third party later on. Thank he, um, they, they apparently Marvel's going to be putting out a collection this fall of all the Kiss appearances. Yes, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was going to be like all. I thought it was going to even be like the Psycho Circus stuff that they did in the nineties. Yeah, and, and stuff oh, this like all the stuff from the seventies magazines, I guess. Oh, okay. I'd be down with that. Those were pretty cheap. It was pretty cheesy, though. Yeah, <laughs> you it's know, just like. You know they're gonna be cashing in as they all because it's Kiss. It's 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 Gene Simmons. You know Gene Simmons. You know he's he's. You could say he's fond of making money. You can say he has a. He you could say he's someone who knows how to sell himself and. Oh uh, yeah, well, and, rock and roll brand. You could buy the. You know if you could. You know you could buy a Kiss coffin. That also doubles as a cooler, <laughs> so you could keep your beer in it till you die. 
and then you can pop yourself in it. And then, like, if you die at home or something, they can pop you in your kiss coffin and keep you cool. You know, so that the coroner can do a more accurate autopsy on you, you know. Would that make you a stiff? It might, yeah, it might make you a stiff a little faster. I don't know. I don't know if keeping you cool would, how that affects rigor mortis. I'm no more mortician or, or doctor, but. <laughs> but I plays one on TV. But, you know, I mean, come on, you know, I mean, your your buddy di- your buddy's heart stops while doing bumps of cocaine at your kiss party. And then, you know, you, you know. They'd be like, dude, he'd wanted it this way, and you overturn the casket, and all the beer falls out, and you just plop your buddy down in there. Turn the kiss up on the radio. I had some friends in New Jersey, and they were super-duper hardcore Kiss fans. I remember paying them a visit once, and they were having a serious conversation about if they were going to get it or not. They eventually backed out. I mean, they had ev- the coffin. Yeah, they had everything. Kiss. I'm telling you, I would if I had the chance to get a kiss coffin. I, <laughs> I guess I would. Where the hell is this going, anyways? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I'm saying it's 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 not something I'm opposed to. I I'm sort of it's you know it's like grudging admiration uh, for. What, what do you think? <laughs> Isn't that the same sort of thing when someone's asked you if you're bi curious? Well, it's not something I'm opposed to. I mean, <laughs> hey, you, got, you know, I don't care what anybody gets themselves buried in, but you know. Oh God! Just don't you know? Just don't be you know walking around with that thing in public. Yeah. But I don't know. I you know Gene's yeah Gene Gene Simmons is is brilliant. To me, the most fascinating goes. thing, or maybe he just says it for the cameras. He says he's never had a drop of alcohol. Oh no, I believe those guys because those guys who never have a drop of alcohol always use that phrase. I've never had a drop of alcohol. Pen from Penn and Teller always says that. And I had friends like I had a friend who was um, in uh, high school named Adilimdad from Pakistan, and there, his family was Muslim and. You know, no drinking, and you know, and he's like, never, never alcohol passed by my lips, you know, and so the people who don't drink, they they're proud of saying that because they know that it's true. They know that I've never, you know, or they'll say something like, oh well, maybe if there was some like vanilla flavoring in something, you know, but yeah, I I, I totally believe Gene Simmons didn't do alcohol or probably even any drugs. He probably was just like, I can make more money sober, and he had sex for drugs. Sex was his drugs. Yeah. And supposedly still is, you know. He's still, you know, like, wades... I I imagine he wades through less groupies than he probably did back in his heyday, but, Uh, you know, that's that's his thing, you know. Why why do you need alcohol or... Why would I need alcohol? It's just going to slow me down in bed, you know. Why isn't he doing hair plug commercials? I don't know. Well, you know, I have actually seen on the infranets the videos of Gene Simmons having sex with groupies. Really? Yes. Yes, it's out there to be seen if you want to see it. But I'm telling you, it's not Kiss, you know, um, in their, it's not 70s Kiss. It's, you know, a few years ago, Gene Simmons. Oh, no. And it's one of the most depressing things you'll ever see because, like, basically, on Jeremy, like, 
No, just. <laughs> well, Jeremy, I mean, you can't help. You, 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 you see it and you just chuckle to yourself. Okay, you know how, like, you got a sad old person, oh, you know, in, like, a Beatles song and, like, Eleanor Rigby song or something that gets up every day and they do the same thing every day. They crack an egg into the pan and they make some coffee and they sit there and stare forward and they eat their egg and they eat their coffee and they play the Today Show and stare at it blankly. That's how Gene Simmons approached sex with the groupie. He just sort of, like... He just sort of, and it was, you know, some hot groupie girl, you know, with fake boobs, booby type things. And, uh, you know, he's thumbed it through the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's just like, but he's like, he's got this like gracious, but, you know, hi, how you doing? You look lovely today, you know, and. And folks, this is supposed to be the clean portion of the show. This is the clean portion of the show. And, you know, and he sort of arranges her on the bed and then he just sort of steps up and mounts her for a couple of seconds. And then he's just like, thank you very much. It was wonderful, you know, and and it's basically and then he's like probably going and I then he probably I, I don't think it happens on camera, but he takes Polaroids of all of them. And he's just like, oh, I got her on the Polaroid, you know, but it's it, it wasn't like, come, we'll make love, my dear. He's just like, all right. <laughs> At the post office, it's like, stamp, 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 fragile. Okay, we'll put the sticker on the corner. Doop, 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 toss it in the right bucket, and off we go. Yeah. Oh. Thank God it's not a video podcast. (laughs) Yeah, but you might be giving people ideas. (laughs) What to go? Yeah, I, I, I definitely advise you all... I advise everybody to seek out and watch every celebrity um, uh, fuck tape that you can find or fuck video that you can find because it's inspirational not in where you go, wow, those celebrities really have good sex. It's inspirational where it's like, man, they suck. (laughs) They have the most boring sex in the world, you know, even compared to normal people. Right. That's, That's what I realized when I first saw the Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. It's just like, Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was insanely dull. <laughs> That's what happens when you get really too, really stupid, like, self-obsessed people having sex. They have really, like, awful sex, but they sit there going, Dude, this is awesome! <laughs> the novelty aw- wore off. It's awesome. I will admit, the novelty wore off that pretty quick. It, it, it makes Joe Sixpack feel like Casanova, you know. Joe Sixpack starts to think that maybe you know he's 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 um, swinging a little more technique. I guess so. Anyway, I I, I think that's a, this is a good segue into a. <laughs> yeah, so far we've talked about kiss coffins, giant sized man things, and uh, celebrity sex tapes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and we haven't got to the um. The offensive stuff yet? No. And we ain't kidding about that. So here you go. This is true. And here we go. LCD Comics, which stands for lowest comic denominator. <laughs> which they obviously strive for and pretty much succeed. Yeah. It's not truly the lowest comics denominator because. If it was really lowest comic denominator, 
it wouldn't make me laugh so much. There's genuine intelligence in this, but the intelligence is sick and wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing about LCD, and I, I've been pouring through these, It's it's been a blast pouring through these, mm-hmm. is that, for one, as, as raunchy as they are, they're extremely witty, and they're extremely well illustrated. They're- well, the, his illustration style, you know, will change completely depending on who he's who he's completely making a mockery or not. Mo- he's not mocking them as much as he'll take the style of someone else and just do awful things in that world. In that, yeah, <laughs> in exhibit that style. A, the inside cover of uh, I believe it's number one, which was supposed to be the front cover, where it's got Alfred <laughs> Newman doing uh, the guy from Crack from behind, and it looks just like Mad Magazine. I, mm-hmm. It's... <laughs> and then on Alfred, Mad, Alfred E. Newman is behind mounting the guy from Crack Magazine. I forget his name. Um, and, like Melvin or something like that. And his says, what, me, hurry? <laughs> it's just <laughs> It's just brilliant. And then the guy from Crack saying, it only hurts when he laughs. <laughs> it's a fact. One out of two corporate mascots prefer LCD to anal rape. And that's just the inside front cover. That's the inside front cover. <laughs> exactly. Well, that that one, that's, that's number one, the First Amendment issue. Yes. And uh, that one has a cover... In the style of that artist that I hate called Coop, but it's signed Poop in the signature Coop style. And yeah, Coop is just like this sort of tattoo art guy that sort of ripped off all his shit from Robert Williams. Right. But became wildly popular. Because it was cheaper than Robert Williams, that's why. It wasn't as it wasn't as disturbing as Robert Williams was like disturbing on like Right many levels whereas Coop was just sort of like appealed to the tattoo and retro Betty Page style. I guess in the underground circles more of the mainstream realm. Well the quote unquote underground it, it, right. it totally reminds me of like grunge music and all that douchebaggery of that time period Yeah. so I, I always enjoy that he got sort of sent up on the, on the cover of a LCD. Uh huh and and uh, what's weird about this this episode is we're really doing. I mean, I, I'm hoping that soon there'll be another LCD. But there's only four issues of this this comic. It's not a right. Well, I I did a little research and there were two mini comics. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if they were um, if they were new material or not. The covers I'd never seen before. Um, they're I think twelve pages each. There's some in one of these he mentions like one of the mini co- he's like there's one mini comic but you're basically you're gonna see it in in issue three most most of it right and I think the first mini comic is pretty much mostly in number zero number zero right and that one and that one like good luck getting your hands on that because he said something like he went to Kinko's and ran off like nineteen copies of it or something like that you know I saw a copy of it on. Uh on the bay last year with a bunch of other LCD stuff and you know and 
I think it ended up going for like sixty or seventy bucks by the time it was all said and done. It was like okay, you know, that sort of scratch. I mean, <laughs> that one. There's only one comic that you need out of like the whole bunch of them, you know. But well, did that have no the... offense, Kieran? But <laughs> times were pretty rough last year. <laughs> Is that does that the one with the infamous cover? Does that have that? Yeah, that was in there too. You see, that's my my number zero doesn't have that cover mine mine is the reprint after yeah well, as soon as i heard about that i made my beeline uh purpose plug to comic book heaven and and dan had one and uh you know how much and he's like cover price thank you <laughs> it's funny because uh oh comic book heaven oh okay yeah because I knew he would have it. If anyone would have it, it would be him. Yes, yes. If anybody in Rochester is going to have that. I was just thinking, there's at least seven comic shops in Rochester. It, it's a big hub, man. It's the That's amazing. Piece. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. It's, it's a hotbed. It always has been. For the size of this town, I can't believe, and, and for, the, for the way the comics industry is now, I can't believe that I could think of six or seven of them off the top of my head. It's funny, there was a guy in Australia, he's moving, so he's leaving his his comic shop, which is called Comics Etc. And he's like, I've been going there for 20 years, and I'm like, hey, I've been going to my Comics Etc. for 20 years too, and then I'm like, and I'm thinking, and I'm like, I wonder how they've survived that long, you know, without, and then I started thinking of the competition, and then the next one, of course, I think of is Comic Book Heaven, and then that one out on Mount Hope Avenue, that oh yeah empire comics empire comics and then um the new one on park avenue is just like and then the one you took me to yeah and then the one in charlotte yeah and it's just like oh it starts piling up but you know they they all get their their regulars and they do more than you know that's a whole other podcast about you know how to how to run a comic shop yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I would know nothing about that. That would be a very interesting one for me, but I think we should explain to people what the big deal was with the cover of number LC, zero LCD number zero and and how it sort of launched the series. Yeah, in a way. Well, originally, I guess I, I had read some stuff after number zero came out that uh, Kieran Dwyer. And uh, I'm not sure how many mainstream folks who are listening out there, but uh, you know he's a pretty, you know he, he's he's done a lot of work for for two big the two big companies, you know DC and Marvel, including Avengers and Superman and stuff like that. But he, you know, a lot of people describe him as being the ultimate chameleon artist, and just out of the blue, he came up with this LCD mini comic. He took to the San Diego comic con and just blew everyone's doors off, including I heard Joe Casada. And then he came out with LCD number zero. And, uh, on the front cover is this complete parody of the, uh, Starbucks logo. But instead of staying Starbucks in the big green circle, it says consumer whore. And it's got the, uh, it's got the mermaid holding her cell phone in one hand with a uh, Starbucks cup in the other and just dollar signs blinging all over the place. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, he did check with a lawyer before he did it. And, mm -hmm. 
he was I, he's apparently was at WonderCon. Is how the story goes. I already told it. And some guys came by and asked if they could buy some of his memorabilia because he had T-shirts and he had stickers of it. And I'm sure he was hanging out with Fogel doing all that. Right, right. And because that's in in Oakland, I believe WonderCon. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. We need one of those guys as a scorekeeper for like, like when you say something wrong to like correct you the following episode. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> We need a yeah. we need a fact finder of some sort. So um, fact so, checker who comes in at the end of every show and goes, "Okay, yeah, I like, want to correct all this." You talked out of the last show twenty five times. It's a new record. A new yeah, if there's anybody who wants to volunteer <laughs> out there. So, anyways, um, it was the Starbucks lawyers, and you know, the thing about what happened was is that. Everyone was expecting a cease and desist letter, but they went way, way beyond that. Mm-hmm. They went for the throat with this. Yeah, they they basically, they basically were. I don't know how to describe it, but you know, just taking a a forty foot marble statue on top of a bug. They mm-hmm. just wanted to squash the life out of them. Ladies and gentlemen. The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Mm-hmm. Well, they figured out a way to do it. That's the thing. That's you see. That's the whole point I get out of all of this. Is is that cover? is so obviously a, a parody in the tradition of you know the fine established tradition of parody you know it, it, it and it even makes a mess you know it just qualifies all down the line for parody I'd love to so, take it a poll right now about how many people listening to this are actually drinking a Starbucks <laughs> you're right <laughs> and and so or at least spitting it all over their screen so they can curse Starbucks so Starbucks sees it, they don't like it, but I'm sure they know. And at the same time, he talked to a lawyer before, and that lawyer, when, when the trouble started, was like, hey, look, I'm the one who told you this was parody, so I, you know, right. I'll, def- I'll defend you in court. And then, you know, the comic book legal defense fund gets involved and says, okay, we'll help, we'll help pay to an extent, but I'm sure that, you know, the comic book now, legal defense didn't. fund doesn't have... He said they didn't. He's oh, they didn't. That the, that the legal defense fund is really for more guys that are made examples of by local government. So he didn't get, he got a lot of publicity by them, but he didn't get mm-hmm. money. Oh, okay. So, okay. So they sided with him. But so, so Starbucks, you know, knew they're not going to win on this on this album on the on the cover of this comic you know they're not going to go into if they go into court any judge is going to be like this is parody so they used an, the other tack of going after the marketing stuff the t-shirts and the uh, and the stuff he had which you 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 know how that works this guy didn't have thousands of t-shirts probably he probably had 100 100 yeah 100 t-shirts and a pile of you know, of bumper stickers or whatever, you right. know, just pocket, pocket cash, you know, basically, 
something that's something not going to, to help fund his his admission to the Comic Con. Right, right. Not anything that's going to take over the world and you know all of a sudden destroy well, they, the good, the yeah. tarnish the good image of of Starbucks. And they didn't like it, and they didn't want people advertising that. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out it's much easier for them to be able to to win when it comes to the t-shirts and stuff like that because he's selling them for money although he was selling the comic books too you could argue but since it was a like a product a piece of merchandise or whatever which again what what else is the comic you know right it's but um so right in the front cover i mean but something about the stickers and and that stuff you know maybe in a t-shirt maybe because it's closer to looking like something that would be a corporate, you know, that somebody would, be, you know, it could be more easily um, mistaken for a Starbucks logo from one car to another, from someone looking at a T-shirt could think it's a a Starbucks thing and being like, what's Starbucks doing with the word horror on their right. logo or something like that? So basically, theoretically, they could have won on that ang angle of it. And... Maybe not, though. But the thing about it is, is how is Kiernan Dwyer going to be able to afford to find out? You know, you he could he could go to court and go to court till he won, and then be you know in debt for the rest of his life. Right. Uh, you know, not able to work and having to pay lawyers forever and ever and ever and ever. Or he could lose and end up paying court fees and fines and whatever and have spent all his money and get the rights taken you know just get completely so it's like so he had to just drop out and right and so, basically settle so the the, the punchline to this horrible joke is, is that he had to settle he is not allowed to divulge what the settlement was and on top of all that he had to sign away saying that he would never do he would never do that again essentially he would never do a starbucks parody logo down to the point where they made him say a circle a green circular logo which is hilarious because on the front cover of number one on the ass of the the devil girl there he has just that <laughs> not green though it's, it's more green. it's more like a dark is it green it's a greenish gray and it's got a middle finger and around it it says copyright this mm -hmm. you see he sort of plays with in the in the reprint of issue zero it's got a white circle with green print inside of it right and just enough of the starbucks parody lady to to know who, but you can't see that she's a mermaid you know, and her boobs censored and, you know, oh, so... But they go into all the detail. Oh, she's got a navel ring. I'm like, really? Looks just like a navel. And the fact that she can see her nipples. And, oh. and, and it says free speech is for the rich, which is totally true. I wonder how the, uh, the other major coffee company felt when, when our buddy used to walk around with that T-shirt from Spencer's that said Funkin' Donuts. You know? Yeah, I have a feel. Well, I have a feeling those T-shirts. I they probably would have tried to stop those T-shirts, but they were probably somebody printed out a couple hundred of them somewhere. You know, 
that it's hard to to stop. I used to have Mickey Mouse with dreadlocks and a in a tie dye. I have Mickey. I have that Mickey Mouse T-shirt where he's bending over and dropping his drawers nice. and sticking his ass up in the air. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I'm sure Disney didn't want that made, but it was bought in a like flea market that was bought out in I think like Seattle, you know, in the Pikes Market from some shady dealer, you know. I remember. So yeah, that yeah. is that is the intro of the front cover of the first LCD comic. I mean. And for for and with that, it's it what would have been just an extremely rude little comic, sort of took on a tinge of fuck you from that point on, oh, like an infusion uh, of fuck you. Yeah, I think he he from from after issue zero, from issue one, two, and three, he really went the extra mile to make it just even more tasteless. And 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 as it goes on, he's able to recruit more and more people to to help him. Most famously, Johnny Ryan. If you want to, you know, if you want to start getting into tasteless, <laughs> call up Johnny Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that Johnny Ryan is one of the few out there that can match and fit in almost seamlessly into the LCDs. Um, Ivan Brunetti is another one who can. Yeah, who can go that dark and I, wrong. I, I don't know. In you know, we could argue all day about that. In the pantheon of of, of smut artists, I, I I know that Brunetti is renowned and all that, but I, he's he's not as good natured as n- Kiernan Dwyer is. No, or or Johnny Ryan, or Johnny Ryan, <laughs> or Johnny Ryan. Johnny Ryan's very happy about the horrible things he draws. It's awesome. You don't. You almost don't get any more. Just like joyously wrong and oh, it's yes. So, what's your fa- what What's your favorite issue of LCD? It's it's going to be number zero. It has mm, the, to be. It's it's the all time classic. Where it all began. <clears throat> I mean, outside of the inside front cover where it's got the fly <laughs> standing. I mean. You just gotta. It's it's just hard. Some of it's just so hard to describe. There's so much detail around it. Well, you know, that's the thing is, like, I, I've got my favorite issue, and I'm only gonna sort of tell what stuff is about, or maybe a few things that are shown, because I don't want to give away the gags, because they're so. You know, you want people to experience them and and be able to vomit. Yep. On their own, but what, one thing about zero, and speaking of t-shirts, it's is right. It's like in the second page. It's it's got the introduction of the finger exactly, and you are a proud owner of a finger T-shirt. Yeah, unfortunately, I outgrew it, but <laughs> but I mean, Zero definitely kicks off a whole bunch of characters that show up throughout all four issues, mm-hmm. including uh, the uh, the splash page here with Brain Dead Boy and the Status Quo Kid, mm-hmm. and the, those two. I mean, it's just wrong in so many ways here. They're the they're the they're just standard, really? like sort of punk rock degenerates. That, yes. that they're true 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 degenerates. Exactly, and all <laughs> sorts of gags of you know, it's just their pathetic sex life is is usually 
<laughs> sort of the running theme. The running theme throughout, whether they're trying to figure out how to lick their, lick, you know, lick their balls or, you know, jerking off to Martha Stewart's living on the bathroom toilet. Or jerking off to the neighbor, the little neighbor kids in their waiting pool. <laughs> that one's so bad. Yeah, you know, that's that's where we're going with LCD. That's where LCD is going, you know. It just... It doesn't just cross the line, it stomps on the line and obliterates it to nothingness. Yeah, the line is is way far behind in the rearview mirror in, in this. You're not going to be seeing a movie adaptation of this in and if anytime did, soon. If you did, it would be taken off the internet really quickly. It would be put up on the same site that you would have to watch Gene Simmons getting laid on. Yeah. But, but, you know... I have something. Um, well, when we get to when we get to my issue, um, I actually that statement could be wrong. There could be some movie action uh, happening. Interesting. So, in in addition to uh, Brain Dead Boy and Status Quo Kid and the Finger, although the Finger <laughs> only has, they show the Finger in the ads in the back, but he really only has a couple of different cameos in the first he's just kind of like an ad for a superhero you know exactly and the finger if you can't guess all four appendages are fingers and his head is a finger so basically you've got five different middle fingers pointing at you with a like super duper muscular bound with a giant f in the middle of his torso yeah he's kind of kirby style oh completely kirby style with the kirby crackle around the face <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they call that—the Kirby crackle. I mean, it's beautifully done. And then we come to one of my all-time favorites, Dingleberry Dog. Dingleberry <laughs> Dog. <laughs> he is what every bad dog should be. I mean, everyone does the thing with the cats, like Fritz the cat, but there's just something the way what Dwyer captures in this stricken dog. I mean, what's it? The first panels. It, it was an ain't love a bitch. First panel, he's sitting there lying on his back in the in the gutter, drunk in a pool of either beer or urine or both. And his just his his expressions and his phrases, and he's like, well, <laughs> he smells he smells the smell of sex on his genitals, and his uh, eyes turn to two anuses, you know, <laughs> with hearts in front of him. He's like, wow, what's that smell? He's like, huzzah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then, and then he peers through. I, I well, gotta give. Them. Here's the most obscene thing: is is he's a dog, and you know dogs are either naked or clothed in cartoons. But he's got a hat and a vest and a t-shirt on, but no pants. Right. He reminds me a little bit of our, our friend Clifford Pikus in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he like looks through the. What does he do? He sees this giant plumper of a woman completely naked sunbathing on the Harry. fence with this giant jug of wine. And that's what it says right on there. Jugga, J-U-G-G-A, jug of wine. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, and then the caption here is like, for more dingleberries... <laughs> Go online. And then we get our first Rick Remender here. Is it Remender? It looks like it, but I don't think it is. It's another ad uh, 
His ads, they look like they're... You can't tell. You know what I mean? They're comic book ads, right. yeah. Uh, the homo superior. I want is like this gay guy wearing a Uncle Sam hat. Saying, I want you and you... <laughs> like the Daisy Duke shorts. Right. <laughs> to be gay. Five top reasons to envy gay men. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a whole recruitment poster, basically. All around the edges of it, it just says, join us, join us, join us, join us. <laughs> and it's, yeah. I mean. But for those homophobes, all you got to do is turn the page and you're back into, into straight sex. Horribly, <laughs> horrifyingly gross straight sex. Oh, I'm not, I'm just gonna skip that one. The aspire one. <laughs> it's oh for aspire deodorant. Yeah, but yeah. Well, you don't want to give away things for people because <laughs> you want people to when they check out LCD to yeah to have a few surprises. <laughs> exactly, and then he's got the little mean bastard, little bastard here, the mean spirit, kind of a hot stuff Casper the Ghost ripoff. Mm-hmm. That's that. That shows up in a couple of different ones. Then another ad here with Dingleberry Dog <laughs> doing a doing a uh, an ad for Kraft's Cheese Whiz. And unlike you know when they usually draw like cartoon dogs or cats, even when they're like dirty dogs or cats, he's got a real dog penis, <laughs> like that the gross pink little like things. And a you real know. dog tongue. Yeah, and you know he's just licking his old own penis with a can of cheese whiz and a jug of wine. It's not not right. No. We're not, yeah. <laughs> and then they got this other ad here about uh, Red McNeck's Veal Parlor, where they talk about how to slaughter the baby calves and. Yeah, you pick them out. They have the cows in front of an X-ray, so you can pick out your. Your veal calf. I'm a pro-lifer and I eat veal. (laughs) (laughs) But I swear, probably the crown jewel is this next section here with the publisher's clearing. Yes, I was just going to say, you know what my favorite part is, though? (laughs) All those that lead up to that one. It's just wrong in, in so many ways, and yet... But that's why you read these on the toilet, you know? I mean, what are you going to say? Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's a, a whole thing at Publishers Clearinghouse, and it's uh, resents fun time with Dick and Ed, and essentially it's, <laughs> it's, it's the two of them, Dick Clark and uh, Ed McMahon, going to some old ladies for, for Publishers Clearinghouse, but they're actually demons that look like them, and just all sorts of just wrongnesses ensues. I mean, they they she's all excited because they tell her she wins, and then they like make themselves at home and like eat all her food. Okay, that's not so bad. <laughs> but then Ed McMahon says, "Lady, where's the bedroom? I got to I got to shit something awful." <laughs> and Dick Clark's like, "You mean bathroom?" And he's like, "I said bedroom." <laughs> And next scene, yep. they've got him like just taking a dump on her on her nice clean bed. <laughs> it, it, it looks like a diarrhea dump too. Hi-oh! 
And then he bends over with his, and he yells at her to clean out his ass. Now clean it with your mouth. <laughs> well, you they, see, I don't think they're really demons. I think they just tell her that it, it's just part of the. Uh, no, that picture of him, of, of Dick Clark. Well, his, yes, his ears do get pointy in that picture. Either that or he's a submariner. I'm not sure. <laughs> he does look like the submariner. Oh, and they, they they basically rape the old lady in just gangster style, and then they do it with her dog and tell her she doesn't win and just... <laughs> they tell her she's got to kill her dog. Yeah. If she was, her beloved dog. Yeah, <laughs> on and on it goes. It's lovely. And then as she's about to kill her dog, they're like, Psych, you're a terrible person. We, now we're not giving you no check. <laughs> I can't believe you weren't going to kill your dog. Come here, Mr. <laughs> Fluffkins. We won't let that bad lady hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as they're out of the house, they just drop the dog on the ground. <laughs> Unbelievable. Jesus Christ Superstore is pretty funny. Reminded me a little bit of uh, 24-Hour Church of Elvis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, <laughs> LCD's retake on the Miracle on 42nd Street, <laughs> where the guys go into the bathroom in Grand Central. <laughs> like some ga- gangsta-looking kid, you know, he's sort of in his, just not gangster, but he's sort of in his, that standard New York City almost, um, oh, guardian angel sort of garb. Right, yeah. with the beret and all that stuff. And there's some guy dressed up as Santa Claus who, like, exposes himself while this kid's standing at the urinal. He's like, what the fuck? And he just turns around and just kicks Santa Claus right in the balls. And he just keeps on kicking him in the balls, and his balls just get bigger and bigger. While he's going, ho, 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 <laughs> And then, of course, his balls explode and shoot presents everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the hell is that? All in one page, too. No decompressed stories here or anything. You know? I mean, it, it, as disgusting as the subject matter is, as far as comic books and how they're written, the panels and how they flow, they tell good stories, are quick. Everything works, is, it works really well just from a technical standpoint. Well, it reminds me of the aristocrats, you know, where you have, like, the smartest comics in the world, and when they get together... They tell the dirtiest, just lo- lowest common denominator jokes, you know. Exactly. And you know, it, it, you know, you could have your social commentary comics and stuff, and on stage doing their thing. And when they get together, it's all poo poo pee pee and sex jokes, you know. And that's what this is. This is the equivalent of that. This is like, you know, it was originally for other people in comics to go, "Hey, look." <laughs> exactly. That's how we. Yeah. Exactly. So. Then we come to the next section here, and uh, he does this in a few of these different things. For this one, it's the fingers, 10 things you can put up your ass. Uh, my, my personal favorite is number three, the ivory soap. Best when one end is narrower than the other. Yay, self-lubing. <laughs> Bonus, soap up your hand and jack off. It's like just so wrong. And that's just like one of 10. He does another one about different shapes of, of your of your craps and a different episode, different issue. Mm-hmm. And that's all Dwyer 
before, I mean, and then he gets to like all the other guest artists in here, including Johnny Ryan, which is just whole story about eating ass. <laughs> this week only at the Assateria. <laughs> Thanksgiving yep. side ass. It's 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 one of those heartwarming stories where you know the son the son likes to eat ass and he wants to stay at his friend's house because they're having ass at night. But the father's like, no, you know how I feel about eating ass. You got to come home and and eat your jizz like everybody else in the family. And it has one of the most just pure Johnny Ryan shots there. Where he's like, look at your sister. She loves jism. She licks the bowl clean. Why can't you be more like her? And it's got like this little girl with her, you know, with her ponytail in the back. And, and yeah, and, and she's just got sort of like the chicken lips, you know, chicken mouth going, and she, her eyes, the crazy eyes, and she's just like gobbles, <laughs> gobble, slurp, gulp, and just like downing a bowl. And the brother's sitting across the table with this scowl looking at her. And he goes into his room and hangs himself. You know, all he wanted was some ass. And so then it turns out that it's all an ad for the Assateria. They got the Thanksgiving size ass. My favorite <laughs> is the freeze dried assholes. Great for snacking. Only at ninety nine. <laughs> Fried ass hairs. Spices up any meal. <laughs> Four ninety nine. Yeah. Now on this, the jicama is that? Um, That's a that, that shows up in a bunch of them. That's Remender. Okay, I think so. So is he? He's just basically copying Jim Mafood's yeah Mafood's style. Or uh, I was wondering if it was maybe him under you know that was his Rick Remender was his alternate name or something. Because man, it's very close to you know it's very close to like milk and cheese. If he's aping his style, he's doing an awesome job of doing yeah, well, it. Well, you know, he did all the Blackheart Billy stuff as well, which is mm, in some case. Okay. I mean, he is a fantastic illustrator. Now, Remender, my God, he just got he's got his first Punisher omnibus coming out. I mean, he's highly thought of. I mean, he's like Marvel's number one horror guy going right now. But he started off as a punker and all that punk, you know, punk stuff with Blackheart Billy and. It's good stuff, but uh, Hickama is funny. It definitely, you're right. It does remind me a lot of uh, uh, Milk and Cheese, mm -hmm. the way it's written here. Mm hmm. Undrawn. Yeah. And then uh, I cannot. I, I there's a couple other things here, but I I, I gotta go to the the Jar Jar Binks one. <laughs> you mean Jizz Jizz the Bungan Boy? <laughs> In episode one, the backdoor menace. Yeah, that's, or, that's the or Darth Mauled. <laughs> in the Tendaloin sector of Naboob. And it's just got this hilariously cartoony Jar Jar Binks with what's that, like a, a three foot penis he's got double fisted he's holding there? Yeah, he's got penises for eyes too. Yes. <laughs> Yowza! Let's, let, let's just say. Darth Maul comes to his end in a similar fashion in this, but there's no lightsaber involved. <laughs> I, I like the caption at the end here. It says, this page is dedicated to the fact that I'll never be allowed to work for Lucasfilm, etc. <laughs> oh, you never know. 
And then the next page has all has an ad for your T-shirt. It does, and then with Tokimon. Tokimon, <laughs> right on the back cover, which I actually used for one of the posters of our concerts. Um, yeah, he. They asked him about that in that interview I read. He said he didn't want to get in trouble about that one either. <laughs> he didn't want to talk too much about that. See, he he was saying that he he doesn't you know he can't talk about Starbucks and all that stuff, but. He has no issue, like, you know, posting stuff for people that talk about that stuff. Cause, right. So, who knows? But that's not the well, reason why we did this. We just love the comics. Well, my favorite issue, I was going to originally pick number two. Just because the number two issue is, of course, pretty much all, all poop related in one way or another. But I decided to choose number three, and we'll get to the reason. Yeah, number number two is good. Um, it's it's got your buddy Tony Moore in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, number three, I like it. it. Just has a black page in the front that says, "This comic book has been modified from its original format. It's funny now," and then it <laughs> proceeds to be exactly <laughs> as tasteless as it was before. I I love. It's got a whole um running it's had a whole running gag of adam and you know adam pulling his and i think it was a number two adam pulls his you know gets his rib removed and god makes eve but adam doesn't like that eve talks so much so he pulls another rib out sticks it in his penis so he can suck his own penis exactly and this one he pulls out two more ribs to make a couple more women and they start they start 69 and so he figures he's gonna get involved in that but they want nothing to do with him so he's like but 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 (laughs) yep so he pulls out his last remaining rib and it it turns into a gay guy and he's just like oh well what the hell (laughs) and then we're back to ed ed mcmahon (laughs) using it with his signature line when he when he um has built his male seed on his ed mcmayonnaise in this (laughs) When he spilled his seed on the old lady, he, they they reprise his favorite line: "Here's some syrup for those flapjacks," <laughs> <laughs> and it's an ad for IHOP. International House of Bukaka Cakes, which also ends with a picture of a little girl licking the plate <laughs> clean. It seems to be turning. It seems to be a running gag in LCD. Right. Hi-yo! <laughs> um couple nice gags about Hollywood agents and 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 them collecting their 10%. I'll leave that up to your imagination. <laughs> and then a mulleted guy's version of Shakespeare um and and then one of my favorites uh it's say. a D- Danny Hellman story with uh with uh involving Disney and and why like all the, you know, they're like, look at this picture of Hercules. It's approved. And it's like, you know, with the large, like, phallic thing in the front of his head. He's like, what? And they're like, hey, the orders came from the old man. And, it, uh, you know, it involves a story with with uh, Walt Disney on ice and with Michael Eisner having a dream with Goofy and Mickey Mouse having sex and, you know, all that fun stuff that I was never say, would I, get you sued. Now I know I wanted to do this, and oh, the nice shot. Of- no, that's not. And this is this story is not the reason. Oh we'll no, get, yeah, not even the uh, the uh, the top center panel of the second page where Goofy's mounting Mickey while Daisy's Frenching Minnie here. 
<laughs> no, not even that. Or or not or Mickey that. putting a condom on on Goofy's schlong. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like actually pretty well illustrated. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautifully illustrated. <laughs> of course, everything is in this. <laughs> I know. The Michael Eisner is, is great. The parody of Michael Eisner is great. Oh, just his yeah, his nightmares are. And then then we have a a Joe Camel um parody of course which uh, has uh, you don't have to go far with Joe Camel to make him into a a nutsack anyway but this you know just fills it out regularly right and then you've got some like just old fashioned like actually from like maybe like an adult magazine you know well, there's. It starts out with a three paneler, but then all these just you know one panel gags, you know. That one like, of my favorites here is that one with the, with the guy and the, his the sublet. Yes, yes. He's great. he's got a naked hooker in his bed, and he's just like, okay, that's it for me, Candy. I've sublet you here to Bob for the rest of my hour. And it's this fat guy who's like smiling at her, opening up his jacket, yeah. going ah. The fat businessman sort of guy. <laughs> Then there's a great article about um, all the great financial um, opportunities for, uh, for coming out of Nigeria, you know. Of, they can, um, then we've got another mad parody, but it's George W. Bush as Alfred E. Newman, which is isn't you know that's not a really big um, stretch when once you see his face. They got the a, same shaped head. Come to think of it. Like this comic, like LCD number three, is not as raunchy. No, it's not. Especially at the beginning, but then here we turn the page and it starts ratcheting it up. It's like at the lighter, the brighter side of school shootings. Yeah, um, that's a great one. Three, three little guys, and then you've got Johnny Ryan's fag gags, which has this guy walking down the street with a and. The way Johnny Ryan draws gay guys is he makes their arm. He draws very cartoony, but their arms are all wob like wobbly, and you know, like, <laughs> and they all have like fancy girl eyebrows <laughs> and these like weird smiles, like, and but they're all these gay guys are following this guy, going, "Ooh, kick me in the ass," and going, "Kick me first. And this guy goes, "Excuse me, but why are all these homos asking you to kick them in the ass?" He's like. Cause I'm wearing my penis sneakers. <laughs> you gotta see these sneakers. Johnny Rye, Johnny Rye, the guy showing up with his parents and he's hold, uh, holding hands with a bum and he's like, "Mom, Dad, I'm a hobosexual." <laughs> um, then there's a then there's a nice one, not very tasteless, but it's fun because it's just ripping on the the styles and fashions of the '90s. And uh, it's actually two pages because the next one is actually Jim Mahfoud. Right. And it's, you know, yeah, aliens asking fame. Yeah, asking people, asking this guy, you know, what's up with uh, with our culture. That here for an actual retailer, Isotope, which I believe you went with me when we were in San Francisco. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I'm sure we probably went to that place. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's more of a graphic novel place. They have lots of coop stuff there. But, um, you know, it's it was there a couple of years ago, last I knew when I was there. So, 
Oh yeah, well it'll probably be there forever, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we were there. That was a long time ago. We were there. Yeah, I saw it a couple of years ago. That I was out there, so it's it still should be there. And then we have a uh, one that's uh, what what's the name of that strip? Tom Tomorrow. Yeah. It's in some there's a there's a parody of Tom Tomorrow strips. Then there's just a weird cartoon about a um, a couple of people looking at a a, a lady pig, and they're they're looking. One guy's looking at her, and he sees that he's thinking of a ham. The other one's thinking of bacon and eggs, and the pig's thinking of <laughs> double teaming the guys. <laughs> yeah, this so pig has got like looks. He's got boobs and eyelashes, and <laughs> you know, they're playing telephone operator. And then we have, we have a, a nice little, um, Black Earth Billy. Yeah, with with Captain Dingleberry, the superhero called Sack, Warrior of the Chode. That's a you know that's that becomes, a, a superhero story. Which there's not a lot of superhero humor in here. Maybe he was trying not to, uh, to, uh, burn any bridges, burn all the bridges or whatever. And then we have a bunch of little, you know, short snippets. One of my favorites is called Monkey See, Monkey Do. And it's a monkey eating sea monkeys and then pooping them out. <laughs> so. And, you know, you get your standard comics of Santa having sex with his reindeer. And <laughs> the Valentine's Day one is. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll let we'll let people discover that one for <laughs> I like the visual pun ones. There's one with a referee, and there's a chicken and Humpty Dumpty, and they're both jerking off. So it's definitely like which came first, chicken or the. It's only the ref knows for sure. And then we get then we get a, a Shannon Wheeler um, comic, mm-hmm. which is fairly tasteless for Shannon Wheeler, especially. Yeah, I know. It's uh, I like it. It's definitely. Something a little different from him. Then they've got a, a copy of um, obviously a prisoner somewhere in uh, in detention. Let's see where is it? Um, does it say which which prison it is? Requested a copy of LCD, but guess what? The prison <laughs> rejected it. Said it's detrimental to prisoner rehabilitation. So they've they've um accompanied this with a picture of the warden jerking off with some well it should be KY jelly but it's KD jelly <laughs> in in his office to this copy of LCD warden cam and then we have a then we have a actual prison comic where you learn the definition of what a jelly donut is <laughs> by Tony Moore <laughs> yeah. it's one of the most brutal ones in all LCD i got it yes it is. Yeah, so anybody who knows what a jelly donut is, you get to see you get to see the jelly donut. Yeah, and it looks a lot like the same guy that was from uh Idiot Boy there. Brain Dead Boy mm. and Status Quo Kid. Mhm. Look, I that's what I thought it was originally. Now, here we get to the reason why I picked this issue. Clarissa ruins Thanksgiving. Which is a Jason Youngblood story, right? A lo- local boy from Buffalo. I don't know if he lives in Rochester or Buffalo, but he's from Rochester, Buffalo area. He's in Rochester quite a bit. I even met him once. Yeah. In a in a whole different, uh, yeah, not in a comic book, um, 
it was uh it was to do with uh the occupy movement right but let's just say that like in a political mode he's not <laughs> not in real life he is not as rude as his comics are this is this is this this comic is this comic like just piles up the bad taste and the shockingness right at the very end and i'm proud of a lot it's like a, it's like a you know just very typical happy like you know that that norman rockwelly family having thanksgiving dinner you know all the kids are like i want potatoes pass it potatoes and there's a little girl named Car- clarissa who's just sitting there scowling through all of it and uh and they're all singing songs and and doing their you know just doing cute happy family things and she's sitting there scowling and they want her to join in and they're like hey clarissa maybe you ought to have a go at it and they all look at her like smiling and she goes i'm not going to pretend that daddy didn't fuck me and then everybody's just sitting at the table like uh, still uh, <laughs> i'm just like man that's dark and is. come to find out come to find out there's a bunch of european s- animation students who are making a cartoon based on this on this i think it's on it's start the starting point is clarissa ruins thanksgiving i know jason youngbluth in his own uh, Deep Fried Comics has other Clarissa stories. Really? In it, yeah. And uh, that are equally as uh, equally as nasty. Hmm. And uh, and they're they're making an animation based on it. So, because uh, I follow him on Facebook and he was just announcing it. So, uh, so there is actually going to be an adaptation <laughs> of an LCD story. Yowza. Yeah, really. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Yep. But yeah, I I say if you can find these comics, seek them out. I'm they're they're awesome. Maybe someday there'll be some collected volume. Maybe there'll be a LCD number four would be even better. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, what other highlights? I mean, our our buddy Dan Fogel in Hippie Comics put out issues one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, what was it number uh, number one? Has got a bunch of uh, Johnny Ryan stuff in there. STDs are funny. <laughs> a pretty good one. Uh, stray mullets. Number one's good because there's a lot of parodies in that one. Mm-hmm. The Power Fuck Girls. That was pretty good. How about the one I and there and there the guy that invents them is basically Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Or the story about I fucked Kennedy's brain. You heard about mm-hmm. that, right? Where the guy went on Howard Stern and he f- said he had a piece of JFK's brain. No. You never heard that? No. He oh. just pulled it out like when he was, he was an orderly or something and just like grabbed some. No. Apparently, this guy, I I, I could be wrong. I, I know what happened was is he called up Howard Stern and said he had a piece of JFK's brain. And he's like, are you kidding me? What the hell are you talking about? He's like, I'll come in and show it to you. And so he shows up and he's got it in that in a jar. And what's the name of the, that, that stuff that they use to preserve? Formaldehyde. Formaldehyde. And essentially, I'm trying to remember exactly if he found it on his clothing because he was there at the scene or something like that. 
Oh, God. Yeah. And just put it in a jar and kept it all this time. And there was a couple of hairs on it. And they went and they had it analyzed. And it really was. So. Oh, God. Yeah. So that's where this story, I fuck Kennedy's brain, came from. So even uh, Fogel's even got a couple of funny stories in his... Uh, in, in some of these. He wrote a couple of on them in there. Which ones did he write? Um, do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, what did he do? Behold the uh, the coming of Spoo. Right, yes. The the alien invasion one yes. that was... That looks like John Romita and uh, it looks like a John Romita like Jack King Kirby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Yep, there's even a Johnny Ryan, Lodi McGee, and Sinus O'Guinus story. <laughs> nice. In one of them. I guess uh, Harper, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, Jaten or Jaten, he he was a, a, Dwyer quotes him a couple times as being kind of like the third contributor on some of this stuff. He had some really good stuff too. I don't remember seeing him, his, his stuff anywhere else, but you know, there's so much stuff out there. I mean, who the hell knows, but... Um, uh, Jesus and Butthead was one that stuck out. <laughs> drawn it that was drawn in Mike Judge style. Right. That was a good one. The uh the Tony Moore one from episode two. I say episodes. Issue two. Issue sode. Right. But uh the baby in the toilet. That is brutal. Yes. That, and just bizarre. It is bizarre. And you're just like, what? It's not the homecoming queen story that people are probably like no. visualizing either. No. No. And what's also nice about these is that one, two, and three, they're all forty eight pages, do you know? Yeah, well they're expensive. They're all like five, six bucks too. Yeah, but at But that's because he had to pay his bill his defense bills. I know, but at least they're forty eight pages. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're not they're not a quick read. They're, no. They, they um they condense. They condense a lot of smut in there. They do. It just layers and layers. Of mm -hmm. Well worth. Well worth your your dollar. Mm -hmm. I like the Kurt Cobain story. Where he ends up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to give away the end of that, but <laughs> it involves David Lee Roth. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've been. We we we've gone way over. Way over our time. Yeah, you're right. But how could you not do with LCD? If we, if you're not well, not that, like not that there's a time limit on their show. It's just I'm getting up early in the morning to. Oh wow, wow. Go try and find more neat stuff at garage sales. Oh, go, go, go! Sort your Legos. They're already sorted and online, waiting for somebody to buy them for their little brat. Nice. Yes. Nice. I threatened to do that because they've been sitting in a box for years. Send them to me. I'll, I'll find out. I'll find out something to do with them for sure. Oh, that's right, guys. Send send all your Legos to me. You don't even have to send comics. Just <laughs> send me boxes of Legos. <laughs> uh, Daddy right. needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> I'm gonna make him out of Legos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ¶¶
you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the Amazon.com link located on our website, www.2TrueFreaks.Libson.com, Two True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase. There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling and it really helps us out. So please, use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libson is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of... Two, Two True, True Freaks. Freaks. Hi-yo!